Amen. Please remain standing. Dan Mark is coming to read our scripture for us this morning. It comes out of the gospel of Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. It's found there on page 698 of your pew Bibles, if you'd like to follow, follow along, or uh, you're obviously welcome to follow along in your own Bibles as well. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Oh God, pour out your spirit upon this, your word, and make it be for us the word of life, that we might be people of life. And now, God, hide me behind your cross that your message of love and grace might shine through for the redemption of the world. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. A few years ago, I had a particularly hectic couple of months in my life. In fact, it was so full. At, at that time, I was serving on a, on a conference committee and and I was here in Oklahoma City a number of times, a couple of times a month. And, and, and in the midst of this couple of months, we were having our, our interviews, our spring interviews. We were, uh, it was the committee that we were interviewing people who are wanting to become United Methodist clergy. And it was a, it's a stressful and, and hectic time of interviewing uh, people who have been to seminary, uh, people who are so, I mean, they have such a great heart for ministry, but we were trying to determine whether, help them to discern whether they were called to be a United Methodist pastor uh, instead of a pastor somewhere else, or even if they had the gifts and graces for ministry. And it, it's so difficult to have to, uh, to have to be able to look someone in the eye after they've been to three years of seminary and they have put so much effort and time and energy and we have to, we have to tell them... Um, uh, either no or not yet, and especially no is a is, is really really difficult. And and so I had paperwork to read through. I had uh, thirty five page theological papers that each one of them turned in, and watch sermons and uh, look at evaluations as well. So in the, in the midst of this busy couple of months, that was that was involved. And and then and then there was annual conference, and then I had two camps that I went to as well in a six week period. There was a six-week period there that I spent more time uh, either in a hotel room or at Canyon Camp than I did than I did at home. In fact, one of my friends that I often would room at room with at those events, I realized that I spent more nights in a bedroom with him than I than I spent with my own wife. It was a it was a crazy crazy hectic time, uh, and and I would like to say that that is the. Uh, that's a rare thing for me, but um, throughout my ministry, my 21 years of ministry, I have prided myself on being a hard worker. <laughs> In fact, it's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of the story of us broadbents. I mean, my dad has told me many times, and I've, I've passed this advice on to my children, uh, the, the story is that us broadbents, we're not the best-looking people. <laughs> we're, we're not the smartest people. Uh, we're, we're not going to always be the most successful people, but I tell you what, we're going to be the hardest working people. Nobody is going to outwork a broadbent. I've, I've passed that mantra on to, on to our children, and, and, and I used to take that 
uh, a little bit of, of being prideful. I, I'll be honest, there have been times in my there have been times in my adult life that I have, um, I don't know that it was borderline, I think I was actually a workaholic. Uh, especially early on in ministry, I, I had comments like, boy, I tell you what, Pastor, your, your car is always up there at that church. And I would use that as a, as a sign of pride in my life. I work hard. I work hard, and, and even, among my, uh, even among my clergy friends, many of them tell me that there's no other pastor that, that works harder than, than I do. And I have always, I have always used that as a, as a source of pride in my life. But, but what happened then, as I, as I began to, to realize that I was working 60 and 70 hours every single week, uh, and then, and then our kids started growing up, and they were in uh, fall of uh, fall sports, and then they were in winter sports and events, and then they were in springtime, and then academics, and and then all kinds of things just started started happening. And my and I began to I began to realize that my life was absolutely, absolutely out of control, absolutely out of control, because I I I had no boundaries between between my work and and my family, and my faith, and my community activities, and, 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 and everything else. I was finding that I was gone from home five or six nights a week, and typically I wouldn't get home till nine or ten o'clock at night. And again, I was, uh, when people would ask me, so how are you, pastor? Oh, I'm busy. Oh, I'm just busy. And I would say it with a smile on my face. There's this thing called hurry sickness, this thing called hurry Sickness, and so I was reading uh, this past week, and there are there are some there are some signs or some questions that you may need to ask yourself to see if if you um, if you suffer from what's called hurry sickness. And do you, do you do you regularly work thirty minutes a, a day longer than your contract hours? Is that part of your regular routine? Do you do you regularly work 30, 30, 30 minutes out thirty minutes extra? outside of your of your work day do you do you check your uh, your work emails and phone messages at home do you do that has anyone ever said to you i don't want to bother you because i know how busy you are has anyone ever said that to you or how about this do you often exceed the speed limit while you're driving do you eat together as a as a household or as a family at least once a day this is one that gets me. Do you watch other checkout lines? You, you, know, you know the game we play. You know the game we play. Uh, you, 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 you figure out which one is the shortest checkout line because you're just in such a, such a hurry, such a hurry. And so you choose this checkout line and you keep in your mind uh, where you would have been in that other checkout line or two checkout lines and you are mentally taking notes. Oh, I chose the wrong one. Yeah. you have enough time to pray? If you answered yes to any of these, I would suspect that, that you have a thing called hurry sickness. But this isn't the way it was supposed to be, was it? In, in the 1950s and 1960s, they said that technology was going to save us all. Do you remember that? We, we, we were going we to have cars that drove themselves we were going to have the super highway that would take us into work, and, and we could do, be doing all kinds of leisure activities at all times. In fact, 
In fact, in 1967, testimony before a Senate subcommittee claimed that by the year 1985, the average work week would just be 22 hours. Now, in 1967, the work week was 34.4 hours per week. And so they were saying that by the year 1985, then, the work, or, or work time, the work hours would be 22 hours a week because of this technological revolution that was coming. But by the year 2000, the average American was working 37.56 hours per week. And by the year 2015, 40% of Americans were working more than 50 hours per week. And so what we have found is this technology that has been offered to us has not made our, our lives more simple, and, uh, but instead they've, it's made our lives more complex. And so instead of being able to escape work at home, now we have work in our front pockets. We're always, always, always connected. So today we are, we're beginning a, a sermon series uh, dealing with um, what, what's called the simple life. We're called to, to live a simple life. I, I don't think that this was the life that God has intended for us. Life is chaotic and confusing. That's not the life that I don't think, I don't think that's the life that, that, God, that God intends for us. So throughout this sermon series, we're going to be looking at what it, what it means to have a simple life when it comes, when it comes to our time. How, how can we, I mean, and this, by the way, this is going to be more than, it's going to be very different than time management kinds of stuff. Because I think this is a deeply, deeply spiritual issue is what it is. Uh, we're going to be looking at how to, how to have a, a simple life when it comes to time and how, when it comes to relationships, how to have a simple life when it comes to money, and even how to, how to have a simple life when it comes to our relationship with God. So today, we're just simply, uh, we're just, we're just kind of setting the stage here for, for some thoughts, for some thoughts going forward. We are called to have a, a simple faith and a simple life in the midst of, a, of an ever complexing world in an ever complex world most most of us live beyond the margins but we are called to have margins in our life space for God did you get that I want to say that again many of us are living beyond the margins but I believe that God has called us to to, to, to create margins to create boundaries in our life to create space in our lives for the practice of our faith and our relationship with our God. There are a number of reasons for our busyness. A number of reasons for our busyness. And by the way, this, this, um, I, I read this in a book called The Busy Christian's Guide to Busyness. I love that title of that book. The Busy Christian's Guide to Busyness. And in this book, he, uh, the author outlines the author outlines a number of different reasons, a number of different reasons that we find that we are so very busy. And the first, uh, the first reason he says is that I need to prove myself to someone else. And that's one of the reasons that we are often so very busy, that we just feel like we need to prove ourselves to someone else. Whether it is a it is a parent that we're trying to get approval for of. 
Uh, and, and by the way, sometimes it is even a parent who is now deceased. And by the way, we can never prove ourselves to our deceased parent. We'll never measure up. It was hard enough when they were alive. But now that they're gone, we can never, ever measure up. It may be to our spouse. It may be to our children. It may be to our church. In an op-ed piece in the New York Times, an author said this, Busyness serves as a kind of existential reassurance, a hedge against emptiness. Obviously, your life cannot possibly be silly or trivial or meaningless if you are so very busy, completely booked, in demand every hour of the day. Other reasons for our busyness, because of expectations of others. And there is some reality to that. When you have a boss that demands that you uh, perform at a certain job level, when you are demanded and commanded to, uh, to, to have uh, so much productivity. By the way, have you ever noticed there's, uh, there's a report, a governmental report that comes out on productivity, uh, um, employee productivity in the United States? You wonder how productivity increases in the United States? Because companies and corporations and bosses are demanding more from their employees. It doesn't always coincide with higher pay or more employees, but they just simply demand more and more and more and more. Sometimes, sometimes we are, lives are so out of control because of the expectations of others. It may be. It may very well be that, that, you, that you need to change careers. I've, I've known, I mean, even some who are here today, I, I've, I've known maybe you took early retirement, maybe you've changed careers because, uh, because of the impact that that career was having on your life and your relationship with your family and your relationship with your friends as well. Sometimes, sometimes we are busy uh, because, because otherwise, otherwise things will get out of control. And, and if we weren't there to fix everything, things would just get out of control. Did you get that? You know who you are. You're the kind of people that will not go to bed unless every dish in the sink is clean. You're the kind of people that will absolutely not leave the house unless and until every bed in the house is made. You're the kind of person that is up till 1 or 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning making sure that everything is perfect in that household because if you don't do it all, chaos will ensue, beds will be unmade, dishes will be undone. By the way, that's not, I don't struggle with that. Some of us, some of us, we prefer to work under pressure. We tell ourselves, oh, I work best. I work best when there's a deadline. <laughs> and I just work, I, you know, I kind of loaf around a lot. And, th and then when things come due, then, then I, I, I really, I, I really, really, really get to work. I, I would suspect that this may be a, a bit of a wrong motivation. We may need to reframe our motivation there just a bit. Then there are others that say, well, I just simply need more money. I mean, I've, I, I had to take a second job. I, I mean, we, we've got to pay the bills somehow. 
I've got to take a second job. I I mean, both of us have to work full-time plus some little extra, and I've got a side hustle here and a side side hustle there, and and we've just got to have, we've got to have more income. And I I wonder, I wonder if we, if we may need to, uh, again, um, again, reprioritize our, our lives and, and maybe, um, I mean, it may not be that you need the iPhone 11 the week that it comes out. It, it may be that, that you don't need all of those TV channels that you're paying $127 a month for. It may be that you don't need the kind of car that you drive or the kind of house that you live in or, or those kinds of things. It may be that you, that you need to, uh, to simplify life. It, it, so it may be that you don't need to work all those jobs plus a side hustle or two. It may be. Or some of us, some of us say that we just want to make the most out of life. And if, and if we're not busy, then we're not squeezing every single second out of life. But I, I, would, I would propose that being busy does not make us faithful Christians. And it doesn't make us productive humans either. Busyness doesn't mean that you are a faithful or fruitful Christian. It only means that you are busy, just like everyone else. And like everyone else, your joy, your heart, and your soul are in danger. We need the Word of God to set us free. And again, this is Kevin DeLong in the book titled Crazy, Crazy Busy. We need the Word of God to set us free. We need biblical wisdom to set us straight. What we need is the great physician to, to, to heal our overscheduled souls if only we could make an appointment with him. But Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and, and my burden is light. You see, we, 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 we cannot, we absolutely cannot find meaning and, and purpose in our busy, crazy, hectic lives. In fact, I believe it will do just the opposite. It will take out any meaning and purpose and fulfillment that we're getting, that we should be getting in our jobs, that we should be getting in our relationships, that we should be getting in our entertainment. Dear brothers and sisters, hear me. Hear me. We have to stop finding, trying to find ultimate meaning through our overactivities. We have to quit trying to find meaning uh, through, through, through vicariously living through our children and their activities. We must, we must, be, we must quit priding ourselves on, on meeting ourselves coming and going. That is not going to give us fulfillment in our lives at, at, at all. The only thing that is ever going to find, that we are ever going to find meaning and true fulfillment in, that is the very spirit of our Lord and Savior. Oh, it'll get easier when my, when, I, when my kids leave the house. I mean, I've heard that all the time. And by the way, 
By the way, those of you, let, let, me, let me say, those of you with, with young children at home, um, it gets, I will say, it does get easier when your kids get into school sports. It really does. Um, I've, 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 I, I was a volunteer um, little league coach for baseball and softball and football and even basketball as well. It's crazy the kinds of stuff that's, that's going on. I, I, we, we talked to somebody just the other day that's got a five-year-old that's got a five-year-old who is playing football and they just started fall baseball, fall t-ball, plus spring t-ball and then summer t-ball as well. It gets easier when your kids get into to get into school sports. Saturday practices, it's it's easy. I mean, there's no Saturday practices. They practice right after school. You don't have to bring them back to some event at seven o'clock at night. There's typically not four or five games a week. <laughs> Whenever you're in junior high and high school sports, I will tell you it does get easy. But I'll tell you as well. Uh, if you're waiting for your kids to graduate high school and then life will get, uh, then life will simplify, I, I hate to burst your bubble, it doesn't. And then there are others of you that say, well, my life, my life, will, my life will get way, way more simple whenever I retire. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I heard that laugh. <laughs> I heard that laugh. You know what I hear from retired people? It was way better whenever I was working because when I was working, I had a day off. <laughs> when you're retired, you, you literally, you don't get a day off. Activities are scheduled at all times. It's not our, uh, it, it's not our phase of life. That's not the problem, guys. It's that we are trying to find fulfillment and meaning and purpose in our overactivities. not the life that God wants for us. It absolutely is not the life that God wants for us. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn for me from me, for I am gentle and lowly and heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Let that sink into your hearts this morning. Come to me, Jesus says, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. We can say that we're going to we're going to change when. My question for you today is this. If not today, when? Now is the time, dear friends. Our culture is out of control, busy. Our kids are out of control, busy. Our vocations are out of control, busy. Today, we have to take a stand and say no more. we got to do something, and it begins right here today. Would you bow with me? Oh, Lord, we are so very weary.
chaos, the anxiety, the strained relationships in our families, the unfulfillment that we are finding in our own vocations, even our own callings, O oh God, oftentimes is because of the, the chaos of busyness and this hurry sickness that we have. God, you've called us to a simpler life, a life where we are not trying to find meaning and purpose in the chaos and the busyness of life, but instead we are finding rest in you. Rest for our souls. For your yoke is easy and your burden is light. There's some here today that indeed feel like they have been meeting themselves coming and going. There's some here today that feel like there is no way out of this crazy, hectic life that they found themselves in because of the financial demands, because of the commitments that they've made. Oh God, today, here, right now, give them rest for their souls. Help them to come and place their burden upon you and take upon themselves your yoke and your burden, which is so very easy and so very light. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen.